And so we're back. I'm Darth Zero, and I'm in the house. Yeah, uh, Darth uh, Camgentes in the, the structure. Darth Rictus is in. Uh, is he carb? Is it? He's still trapped in carbonite. Yeah. So uh, Darth Darth Rictus um, went to get a, a certain intimate piercing, but it was carbonite. So. Yeah. 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 We, we, we'll mount a rescue mission at some point. It's not really the way you want to be caught as a wall decoration. No, no, it really isn't. But, I mean, if you're going to be caught as a wall decoration, I mean, being an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not boring. It's not boring. <laughs> so new in the world of magic and Star Wars. I'm going to start with Star Wars. I'm Sick. A, I'm, a, I'm excited for uh, Ahsoka having its release date now for August 23rd because... I want to know what the hell's going on with the, the world story. Yeah. Like, that's going to set some big directions in the universe, I think. I feel like we've gotten, what, three seasons of Mandalorian, and there's supposed to be five of them. Is, is it five? Is it five? Okay. Yeah. There's supposed to be five seasons. Uh, I don't know how much of Ahsoka and maybe some other thing, but... It seems like Ahsoka's kind of getting getting us closer to the meat of the plot. It feels like that last season of The Mandalorian just kind of like set up act one of like, okay, we're on Mandalore. <laughs> We've got some shit going on. Ahsoka's had her own thing going on for a minute. Pretty clearly looking for like Ezra and all that. Yeah, we need we need some weird big story stuff to occur. We're gonna have some some mighty, mighty force events going on here. I want some more force whales, man. Yeah. Bring them back. The Purgle. Yeah. The, yeah, that hinted in that first Mandalorian episode last season. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see a lot of that. I'm, I'm, the, the more I'm seeing, because we found out today that Ray Stevens' character, what's his character's name? It's I, I, Balin something? Yeah, I forget his name every time. No, I think it's Balin. <laughs> um, that his, his Balin, the, the white-haired guy with the orange lightsaber, mm -hmm. is a survivor of the Jedi Purge. Yes. Who? Has gone rogue, which pissed yeah. about it. Yeah, does does that make him a? Are you a failed Jedi when you go rogue, or just a dark Jedi? I think it's a dark Jedi, but we're just seeing the setup for that. So there's um, in Jedi Survivor, I didn't play the game, I because I just got on YouTube and watched all the cutscenes. Mm -hmm. There's yeah, there's uh, a Jedi from like the old Republic who was I, I don't remember frozen or something, who gets thought out by Cal Kestis, Ooh. and um. He's really mad, and he bleeds his lightsaber orange. So we've seen lightsabers get bled red by Sith, and we've seen, like, synthetic crystals that make red, but bleeding orange, I guess, is less, like, the super dark, self-centered, and more of a rage, wrath kind of thing. I don't Maybe know. Maybe we'll get some, uh, later on, some Ray blood lightsaber type thing. I'm still pretty sure that she's going to do some dark sidey stuff. Some dark Ray. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, I, let me replace. I'm hoping that's the direction it goes. I would I would like the weirdness to occur. I could also do with some more like weird witch Sith use type things. I think we need like some different dark side users. We've already had the chosen one fall to darkness once. And now that Ray is like reestablished as a chosen one. Yeah. I just want to make sure we get more people in and out there using the force in both light and dark side, and a lot of this fuzzy thing of, well, if you're really going to use the force, it's not wrong to use some of the dark side, because, you know, sides are dumb. 
little little mix of it. I don't know. It's I'll, I'll be interested to see where they take that because the the three movies that we know are coming are like a movie about the first Jedi, mm-hmm. and that's going to be interesting because the depiction they have in the that Octu temple that Luke is on that was like the first Jedi temple, which tells me that some of that movie is going to take place on Octo Octu oh, whatever you. it is. Um, it it looks like a human yin yang. There's there's definitely dark and light exemplified in this first Jedi, sort of. I don't know what you call it when you make it out of little pieces of tile. Oh, a uh, mosaic. Yeah, this mosaic of the first Jedi looks like it looks like a Jedi yin yang, and I think that's where it makes sense to cross over the two. Get the get the whole like light and the dark side playing together kind of thing. So like in um, in some of the legends stuff. They have this on the ancient uh, Jedi order on Tython, where Tython has these crazy weather storms, and there's two moons, one's Ashla and one's Bogan, and they represent the light and dark side of the force, and Mm. the presence on those causes force storms or whatever. So Tython got used in Mandalorian Season 2. That's where that uh, magic Jedi stone was, and Grogu got snatched up by the robots. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So there weren't any four storms there, and they didn't... I don't remember seeing anything about two moons, but, like, Tython is there. And anyway, like, this Legends version of, like, Jedi is they are kind of light and dark. And at some point, there is a schism where there's the Jedi Order that says, no, we just do the light. Zealots. So I'm, I'm wondering if this movie starts off with, you know, like, it, it, in a way, like, the light wins, but it sets up this enormous downfall. That would it would be a classic trope, <laughs> kind of like the revenge of the Sith for the light. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> and then, yeah, Ahsoka's in an interesting place because Ahsoka is not a Jedi, but she was. But she was. But she was. You know, she she bailed as a Padawan. Do you, uh, now do, when you were do you achieve ex Padawan status at that point? Or are you just uh, not? What what's the actual Jedi? referential title for folks like that i don't know because at the time that she was stepping away from the jedi she they were trying to be like that was your trial you're a jedi knight now um so that was never officiated i know if they're a master they become one of the lost number which i think ended at 20 with anakin skywalker but he wasn't a master either lol (laughs) (laughs) we 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 acknowledge you (laughs) yeah yeah um so so i don't know i don't know she's it's like she understood the light better than the Jedi did. So it's not like she's living in the middle. It's like she's got a different con- concept of the light. Hey, wait, but Anakin didn't become a master, but, but Vader did. Didn't he walk in there afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> and declare himself such? Yes, he did. <laughs> he he walked into the Jedi Council chamber in his Darth Vader suit and promoted himself to the rank of master. Yeah, just want to make Unanimous sure. approval from the council. Yeah, because I, I like that part. That's just... Yeah. That's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. So I could imagine him grandstanding to himself in there because that's an Anakin move. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Taking a selfie. I don't know. But then there's, yeah, so like that's going to be a non-conventional force user is Ahsoka because she's she was in the Jedi Order until she was like a older teenager. But by the time she's in like Ahsoka, the show, she's in her 40s. And based on the stories, she's one of the few or few that we know of people who's done the weird realm bouncing thing. 
Yeah, that's, she's also traveled really through time. Yeah. And there's some weird Oof. shit, man. Like, I think it's going to be some weird shit. And then like, the third movie is supposed to be a new Ray movie. And uh, yeah, so like, there's, there's these stories standing out from Legends, the kind of the heir to the Empire stuff that they're doing with Ahsoka. And maybe Ahsoka is going to wind up taking up the Mara Jade sort of Luke Skywalker sort of role. Hmm. Or something like that. But th that was the thing about Ray Stevens' character, the Balin guy, that seems a lot like Jorah Sabaoth in th those old books of being this old Jedi master with white hair who, in that version, is a clone and is really pissed off. But survive the Jedi Purge, that works too. Still another way to be. And you know what? They could still have him just be a clone and just not reveal that till later. So that's, that's kind of the difference. In Legends, you can just clone motherfuckers and they can use the Force. And in canon right now, that's a big fucking problem. Of, you know, like why Sidious looked so shitty mm. in his clone body and he just like rots right through it. Force don't like you to be cloned, apparently. Yeah, it doesn't, it, it, they haven't really figured it out, which I'm kind of glad because it was sort of messy when we've got like a clone of Luke fighting Luke. And then we've got Luke fighting an entire chamber of cloned emperors Ooh. at a different point. It, it creates some wild shit, but it also becomes nonsense so quickly. Well, yeah. So I, I kind of hope that they, they bump up against like that's a scientific roof, like the speed of light kind of thing. Or like it just doesn't really work to clone a force sensitive for some reason or they, they rot and they're shitty. I don't know. Yeah, I like I like that they fall they fall apart they rapidly decay thing because like a lich maybe yeah forces a an, like you're you're forcing the force into a, a phylactery you know it ain't happy <laughs> yeah it seems like uh, essence transfer probably would have just worked better for yeah no Insidious. just it's classic man just but no no or maybe if he'd wait waited to learn a little bit more from Plagueis before killing him <laughs> Plagueis might have noticed that if he he, he might have gotten wise to wait a second. You are really getting interested in things. You're going to kill me, aren't you? It was, was kind of <laughs> odd because, you know, Plagueis' plan is... Plagueis doesn't know how to necessarily, like, revive himself from being dead, but he can revive someone else. So it makes for an interesting, like, end of the rule of two. Like, well, now we need two Sith because if one of us dies, the other one revives us. <laughs> and Sidious was like, or how about this? Fuck you. <laughs> That's about accurate. Yeah. That's <laughs> foolish to be thinking. I think he could be excused from the rule of two. Ah, destroy, destroy. Yes. I don't know, man. I think we're in some, for some weird shit, but I've got, I'm kind of thinking that they might do with Ray a version of like Satil Shand. From now that I'm not familiar. Satil Shand. So, so Satil Shand is somewhere from like the Knights of the Old Republic stuff. Okay. Who was a, a Jedi Grandmaster who I think was also like a, a double-bladed blue-blade lightsaber. Which is kind of interesting that they didn't go that with, way with Ray, but, but they set it up for it, especially with that staff in the beginning. I was kind of surprised then, when they weren't the, no the the kyber crystal from Luke's saber being burst into two. Uh huh. And yeah, and I'm like, never mind, a yellow one, whatever. Like, oh, okay. But Satil Shand is is a a Jedi Grandmaster who is super solid in the light side, super chill, um, but like has a secret kid. Okay. And it, I think she winds up like that Malgus is sort of her opposite in that line. But it, it's different because so many, like we're used to the Yoda Grandmaster and then like the Luke Grandmaster basically is all we've seen much of where they're both 
pretty bad grandmasters. And Satil Shand is actually a great grandmaster. And but I think part of why that works is that she's unconventional to the point where like she had an affair as a younger woman while she was at war with uh, you know, some captain or something, and they have like a secret child. Yeah, I would I would think that just makes it better. I like I kind of wonder about the grandmasters through history kind of thing of of the the Jedi, just who was a wanker and who wasn't. <laughs> I'm sure there's been some some awful ones. I'm sure there's been some overly dedicated to purging the dark side ones. I'm sure there's been ones who've got some good old Qui-Gon like, nah, you, you kind of play both things. Yeah, it's, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of hard to look at it when the the main Jedi master we get is Yoda who is like super Joe Biden. <laughs> he's he's a very neutral kind of character in many situations. Right, you know, like he's competent enough but he's not really with it and god he's been doing this too long. <laughs> we need fresh ideas. Everything's falling apart and Doubting everything. Like, yeah. So difficult stop. it has what, become what? to think when 900 I am. Like, okay, you're old. The dark side's clouding your vision. Just a thought here. New blood. Oh, wait, there is some. No, nah, no, nah, you're going to be a dick to them. Right. Shoot. That man. won't backfire. That will not ever. That's never gone wrong. <laughs> and then, yeah, Yoda and Obi-Wan kind of fucked up Luke Skywalker. Like, yeah, go kill your dad. It's the only way. <laughs> By the way, there's another. <laughs> As soon as he leaves, like, oh, God, Yoda, I don't think that's going to work. And Yoda's like, cool, it is another chance we will get. <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> it's just, just a bunch of incompetence, man. And you, you really can't blame Luke for fucking it up that bad when that's, that's, the, that's what he's starting out with. Let's go with the secret triplet that gets revealed years later. There we go. <laughs> but, you know, like we saw the, the Luke in, what was it, Book of Boba Fett? Mm-hmm. Where he basically told Grogu that he's got to cut his dick off if he wants to be a Jedi and not have any friends. Yep. And Grogu's like, fuck you. And bails. I can just use this power and not do this. Right, right. Right. And then, <laughs> you know, Luke goes on and builds his temple and it totally blows up in his fucking face. And, you know, Ray gets to see his failure and he gets to understand the value of his failure. I don't know, maybe maybe Ray, the solution for her Jedi order is like, you know, if you, if you want to fuck, you can fuck. <laughs> That just the, the the resolution to it. No, families and things are fine. Um, yeah, have kids, get married. It's fine. It's you know, fine. Like it's you know, don't be weird and possessive about it. That's the problem. Yeah, that's that's where you get dark side weirdies. That's what I think. That's where their worry was from. Hopefully, yeah, maybe. I possibly. I don't know the lore on that. I don't. I don't remember when the Jedi's were like, don't mate. <laughs> See, that's not really even the rule. It's like no attachment. Sure. And then they take it so far. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, like you saw what happened to Anakin. He got his fucking cherry popped by Padme, and he's like, oh my God, you forever. And nothing else. Imagine, uh, what what are you doing, two Force-sensitive people? I'm going to use Force push. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but remember, like, in the Clone Wars episodes when he figures out that, like, she has a history with a dude? Yep. How fucking insane he goes about that? <laughs> he's, rather, he's rather whiny about um, someone existing. Other than him, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. you weren't the first one to the rose garden, my friend. Should've, I'm sorry. Probably a little bit of a, a little bit more of those signs in front of it. Hey, man, this chosen guy, it's like really like, like unstable. Like he's the guy who's punching a hole in drywall. Anyone? Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. What's the second? Is it called a, a Chad or what was? What's the nickname for that one? A Kyle. A Kyle. A that Kyle. Was it. Kyle. Yeah, Anakin's got a lot of Kyle energy. <laughs> a whole lot of Kyle energy. 
he's he, he he's the perfect Kyle because he has an unbreakable fist. Oh, true. He can punch through any drywall. <laughs> it doesn't matter if he hits a stud; it will be fine. He will break the stud. <laughs> yeah, just punch right through. He's the unstoppable Kyle of the Clone Wars. So now to be fair on it, so where do we classify our our, our primary or primaries for Karens of the Star Wars Star Wars universe? I'm sure that there are some good front runners. Karens of the Star Wars universe. I don't know if we've really had a Karen of the Star Wars universe. They really only discovered in the last two decades that you can have more than one female character at a time. Fair point. Fair point. Maybe we'll get a nice, nice run of a lot of just female Jedi who all complain about like relationships and all have like hidden backgrounds. I would like that big block. Like this whole thing about Jedi is, oh yeah, no, that's, it was just kind of this unspoken thing. A whole bunch of people lived lives and then became Jedi. <laughs> Oops. We shall see. We shall see. What happens if you're like a, a flip-flop from like a weird planet where you got to bang nine other flip-flops at the same time and then one of them is Force-sensitive? Yeah. Like, are you going to tell them to cut off all their flip-flop ding-dangs forever? And Yeah, like, what's, they're, they're going to be... Dude, they're going to the Sith. Come on. Is it? Yeah, is it just like culturally? Did all of the races who are, you know, really sexual... All go Sith because the Jedi's were definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. Because there's there's tons and tons and tons of Jedi Twilight. And there was where I was going to lean. And they is, are like the sexualized race in Star Wars. Yeah. How do how do we work? I mean, all I've seen of Twilight Jedi's is they get killed. <laughs> it doesn't go well for the Twilight Jedi's. No. Which is kind of interesting that they're like the sexualized race and they're always getting fucking smoked. <laughs> Good choice of words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, moving just uh, on the good pace, because we've gone our Star Wars, I'd like to go to Lord of the Rings, another grand thing, and that's where we'll talk a little magic for the moment. Oh, yeah, the set's coming out yes, soon. Yes, it comes out soon. I think it is next week. At least that's the pre-release. It's soon. It's I, I saw that there's the thing on Arena that's in like two weeks or something, or I don't know, 16th. Who cares? Yes, it's, it's this month. It's, it's this something like month. the 16th or 15th, and then we'll get some pre things. But the like set around is the same out. time, you get to see Michael Keaton again. This set comes out. Yes, you get you get Lord of the Rings, and you get the return of a cool Batman, which you know, return of the Bat King. Yeah, <laughs> we can go that far. I'm down with it. But uh, looking at this set, and I'm, I'm thinking this. What's strange about this set is. I want to read all of the cards in it. Usually, a set's released and like rares. Mythics, yeah, some of the uncommons. And you kind of scroll through, you skim the, the, the common things and like that. And this, you can't miss a card, not only because of power levels, things like that, the flavor text and just how it's all going to draft together. This looks like a well put together set. Yeah, the flavor is so good on, on just even like bad draft commons. The your creature deals power to another creature card that we get all the time is what, like... Sam bashing Gollum on the head with his pot while he's making conies. Yeah, yeah, just... And everything, there's the ring tempts you all over the place. Yeah. You've got this effect. Every other card drops food. Yep. You're, you're going to be playing... Like, this was this would be a good set to to play, like, tabletop rules, too. With every time the ring tempts you, uh, take a drink. Every time you create a food token, eat something. So you mentioned <laughs> that there's a card that makes Smaug, and then when Smaug dies... He drops oh. 14 treasure. Is that one for each of the dwarves and then one for Bilbo and one for Gandalf? I, I'm not I'm not sure if they go on it because Bilbo would be, well, Bilbo was what made it. It was 13 and then Bilbo made it lucky number 14. So it would be for the dwarves and Bilbo. 
for the party. Is it the dwarves Bilbo and Gandalf makes it total I don't 14? Believe, I don't believe Gandalf was counted. I believe it was 13 dwarves. Huh. Let's see. Do you really remember their names? If I sing the song in my head from the original cartoon from the 80s, or was it 70s, I can, I can go through it. But uh, it's, I'd have to get the tune in my head again. But it's because they sing them all. It's so much easier to remember so many weird things. Kind of like the capitals of South America. Or uh, United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic, Dominion, Cuba, Caribbean, Greenland, El Salvador, too. Hey. Yeah, I can. That's the only reason I can do the states and capitals and, well, it's outdated for the countries of the world, but yeah. only because of songs. It's been a while since you asked me the normally? globe has changed since the Animaniacs aired. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a great, I think they've done an updated version even of it, though. Probably. Probably. But yeah, that's that's how I've learned most of my stuff. Monty Python's philosopher song. Emmanuel Kant was a real pissant who was very rarely stable, stable. I did your I did your was a ballsy beggar who could drink you under the table. Like it's pretty good rhymes. Yeah, it's just some pretty sick rhymes. If you want to learn things, look to comedians who make songs. They can sometimes give you gems. <laughs> I love it when the comedians can like lay down solid rhymes that fit. I, I guess way on the extreme end of this is George Carlin, who did like straight up poems as part of every every one of his sets. You get some of the musician ones, but who are the two women that, that do the song of like the Lord's loophole? Garfunkel and Oates. Yeah. Like that song is really funny and it's really good, but musically it's trash. We're like, there's like just no cadence to what they're singing and they're not tight with each other. It's just like, God, this is, why'd you make it a song? It's so funny. But it works. uh, It all works well. Also, uh, I don't remember which is which of those two performers, but one of them was in the movie Hell Baby. Uh, it's the blonde one. She delivers a uh, monologue performance nude that's just, it's one of the funniest monologues I've heard. Plus it's delivered nude without, it's just, it's just a singular part and reason to that watch that movie. Not for the nudity itself, but because the scene is ridiculous. <laughs> the strangeness of the scene. Yeah, because no one, once you see it, I, I can't spoil it, but you'll see it sometimes and delivering a monologue like that nude is just, I, uh. Comedy wh- monologue? Comedic. So is it kind of like at the beginning of Miss Maisel where she just like whips out tits randomly? Uh, yes, that would be that, that kind of thing. That vibe? Yeah. Okay. This is, this is definitely that. But it, it, that one always struck me because Hell Baby is exactly what you think it is. It's about a demonic baby. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, Garfunkel and Oates, good ones for that. I think there was, let's see, who was another one of the, the there's a comedian who sings a bunch of stuff. He's got a whole album that came out during I thought it was like right before during the pandemic Bo Burnham does a lot of stuff with there music there we go yeah. Burnham <laughs> like Bo Burnham's stuff is yeah there's some amount of stand up and some amount of singing and some of his songwriting is pretty decent but it's kind of eh and then you get Tenacious D where the songwriting's great but there's no stand up at all really the, the comedy is the word usage yeah just and just the presence of Jack Black and Kyle Gass well yeah Jack Black talking I mean Come on, he was on The Mandalorian and sold it. Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that to sell as well as well as it did, but I was... That was so funny. I was cool with it. That I, was so funny. Lizzo rocking it. Christopher <laughs> Lloyd. Okay, that was just too good. <laughs> there was this moment where I was like, and we got him in this episode too. Like, that was the only way to get away with this, you know, Scooby-Doo whodunit sort of thing. Like, we got to introduce all these loud characters. And, come on, the, cut down in his youth. <laughs> 
cut down in his prime. <laughs> describe, that's how you describe Dooku, who is literally written as, as a 76-year-old man. No, he's in his 80s. 80s. By the time, by the time he dies, he's in his 80s. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I guess Christopher it, Lloyd looks like the 80s. His 80s were like 20 years ago now, though. I forgot the Clone Wars happened. They took a while. <laughs> yeah. So those are a multi-year venture. <laughs> yeah, the Clone Wars, Clone Wars is like three years, I think. Something like that. That's good stuff. I, I wonder how much we're going to dip into great wars in the, in the history of the Star Wars universe, things like that as they go forward. Because we've, the, Star, the Clone Wars TV series, a cartoon series, the newer one, not the very first one. It's really some of the best Star Wars stuff we've seen. Yeah. And some of the building, building backwards stuff has been really good. There's been a lot of good comics that have been coming out in the last several years between the original trilogy movies that are being used to kind of connect all the timelines together. Now, are those considered canon or yes, not? Yes, they, they are, are canon. Okay. They are canon. So they also all have to follow the thing of, hold on, before you write your story, this isn't like Marvel in yep. the 80s. We, we got to work cohesiveness. <laughs> yeah, it, it lines up. It lines up. There's, okay. there's a bunch of wild shit that happens. At some point, Darth Vader successfully builds a portal to the Nether Realm and traverses it Ooh. to find Padme again. See, now that is a story that one fits and two, I want to know more about because that seems like what he would have done. I just thought that that wasn't a possibility in the universe. Charles Soule, Darth Vader run from, I think, 2018. It's like 25 issues. And it is so, it's like Darth Vader year one. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking dope, dope, dope. Oh, poor Vader. And it, it also is part of setting up that whole thing because, right, like all this stuff's happening at the same time because part of it is Jocasta New trying to get the, whatever, the holocron that had all the younglings all over the Force Sensitives that later becomes the main plot point for the Jedi Fallen Order game and gets picked up in other things where there's this kind of underground railroad of Jedi that's being built up throughout. The, you know, like we see it in, in Kenobi. Mm -hmm. He finds, what do they call it, the path? Yeah. Or something. I and, think it was called The Path. And he sees that like Quinlan Voss came through there. We're just like setting up for all the Jedi who did not die, at least right away during the purge. I'm, I'm looking forward to when we get to, not a final total, because there's always more interesting writing you can do. But I want to get to the point where we've totaled it up and we're like, so several hundred Jedis survived this order. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's that's actually covered. That's one of the things I see people online gripe about a lot. Like it's a meme to gripe about how many uh, Order 66 survivors there are. Well, I mean, there was a lot of Jedi, were there not? Like 10,000. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like 10,000. And a lot of this- even, They couldn't even wipe out Yoda and there was an army there. <laughs> well, it wasn't that important to Sidious to do it. Yeah. It was, it was about winning. And some of this is some of the stuff that gets covered in like exactly that Darth Vader run I was talking about where Vader just wants to like kill Jedi, kill Jedi, kill Jedi. And Sidious is saying like, we have a government to run. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make you in charge of these Inquisitors. They're going to kill Jedi. <laughs> and you are going to run my government for me. Vader and, like, and Vader's just like, no. he wants to kill all these Jedi. And Sidious is basically saying they don't matter anymore. We won. And it's just fun to Sidious to know that there's Jedi out there in hiding, suffering through this like dark permeation of the entire galaxy. <laughs> like, he Sidious. knows that Yoda's out there and he thinks it's funny. Yeah, he's having one of those lightning orgasms again. <laughs> he just sits at night right. like, oh, there's still another one alive. <laughs> no, short, <laughs> shortly after Order 66, like Sidious was over it. 
and just wanted to move on with, with setting up his empire and living forever and all that shit. And at some point, like Vader is just so blood crazy toward Jedi. There's a point where Sidious, after Vader kills yet another Jedi many years after Order 66, says, okay, Jedi purge officially over, not a priority anymore. But, but, but no. Yeah. Bad Vader. And you see a little bit of evidence of that in Kenobi, right? Where he's just like, Kenobi gets away and he's just losing his shit at the end of it. Of like, we're going to crush everybody. And Sidious is like, calm down, Anakin. We're running a government. I still don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah. Kenobi doesn't really matter. Yes, he does. No. I know you had fun chasing a space hobo and then it looks like you got your ass beat again. Like... Are you, not, are you not realizing ignoring the Jedi is also partly a, a favor to you? You will eventually lose. <laughs> but that's, yeah, like if, if you look into what the, the lore that's out there and some of it's in the shows and some of it's in comics and some of it's in books, they're pretty consistent that Sidious wiping out the Jedi wasn't ideological as much as it was practical. Yeah, I, I, and I think that just, I'm looking forward to seeing big tally lists just because I want to have an idea of how many there were. Like it's just, that's an entertaining thing to me to look at and go, oh yeah, right. It's just like, how many Mandalorians are left? I want to know. Well, here's, <laughs> here's another interesting thing about it. Um, one way to create more survivors of the Jedi Purge is to use the world between worlds. Mm -hmm. That's how Ahsoka survived the Jedi Purge. Yeah. Vader was about to cut her ass down and Ezra Bridger pulled Ooh. her right out of it. Maybe they do that with, you know, Quinlan Voss, a bunch of other Jedis. Oh, you were about to die. And yoink, no, you didn't. How many people, uh, how many Jedis or just other characters of anything could you use pass through the time worlds thing to be like, hey, where were you? It doesn't matter where they're at in history. They just popped up now. Right. Because of the world between worlds. Because if you left in year X, you appear at any other point and no one knows until that moment you appear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ahsoka just jumped through time. Because it was, it was a number, it was at least a year between where they were on that, that uh, if it was a Sith world or if it was just a Sith shrine. Yeah, that was an interesting world weapon thing. Yeah, to, to then like years later and like Ezra Bridger looks different, yep. pulls her through, so she just skips time. I mean, you just why not walk back there and just open one of those things up and like force catch Mace Windu before he hits the ground over here and... <laughs> uh, we don't see Plo Koon actually die You know his ship gets shot down But we just pop in like oh Master Plo And yank him out of the ship we the, got him too the, the Plo thing always bothered me I'm like come on This is a cool character I want more than boom, I wouldn't ship be surprised crash. if he gets pulled back though Because he's the one who found Ahsoka So she has a connection to Plo Koon I wonder She might be able to find him in the world between worlds Now in, in the world between worlds sort of thing how much of that was explored before Disney took over? Was this something that existed or this a new? The, as far as I know, it was brand fucking new. Okay, so based on this, yeah, you can use this as super cheap worlds. I mean, you can go you can go back to any point. I mean, you could redo whatever you wanted at some points. Well, it looks like in, in that, you know, tr in the trailer they put out that Ahsoka is fighting Balin in the world between worlds, except somebody left the can lights on in the background. I think they've since edited that. Good. But, uh, good. No, it, it does look like they're having a fight in in that, or at least in an entryway to something in there. That's still a bit fuzzy, but... That had me wondering if that isn't where Balin came from. If, you know, Balin wasn't, like, just out there the whole time, but Balin was, you know, we're, we're in hour four of Order 66, and then he gets pulled through time. 
on the other end of it and like, hey, help us fight a rebellion. And he's like, I'm pissed about everything. I don't know. Or even just to have him whipped and pulled through reappears in a world where this is years after Order 66. And the way he adapts is by just going, screw it. You could also do that because we don't know when he pops out. Who's uh, that character like from Andor, like Lucian, Lucian, something like that? The guy who had the, the lightsaber ship? Okay, yeah, yeah. That guy's got to be a fallen Jedi, right? He's, yeah, what I look at him as go, either he survived Order 66 or he was on his way to being a Jedi and quit. But it's one of those two, I won't believe anything else. Well, a lot of them went dark in the Clone War, though. It's just a lot of them who went dark in the Clone War instantly died. There was, um, there was some, some apprentice that, that was like a Mon Cala apprentice that wound up getting killed by Grievous. But before Grievous killed him, like, he was embracing the dark side. It was happening. There was, like, Master... Oh, who's that asshole that had four arms and fucked up all the clones? Pong Krell? Who um, saw a vision... Yeah, of, I remember that... Saw a vision of the Sith winning and then just went to the dark side. Which, you know... <laughs> and, that, you know, Anakin went to the... There's a, there's a lot of Jedi, 10,000 Jedi. It makes sense that a lot of them who weren't killed would have gone to the dark side. Yeah, if we're if we're only doing one percent of that, that's still fair to quite a few people. <laughs> yeah, entities, types of creatures throughout the galaxies. I don't beings. <laughs> I don't even. We're still working on the number of force sensitive. I I need some more force sensitive Wookie. That's we got some of that, and I want more. Yeah. Wait, what's that <laughs> motherfucker's name? Junji or something like that? Yeah, I just called him Snaggletooth. Yeah, with a, with a fucking cool tooth. <laughs> Yeah, he survived so far. He made it back to Kashyyyk. He's on his way. Let's let's see that you know, motherfucker. Like, yeah, where's this? I want to see him just like pop up, you know, smoking death sticks with Chewbacca or something. And... <laughs> Wookie with a lightsaber. Why do you keep just brute forcing things? It's fun. <laughs> I use the force for extra ripping things in half power. <laughs> I use the force to pull your arms off and beat you to death with your own arms. That's right. Wookie power. <laughs> Seems like a, a Jedi Wookiee would be able to make trees grow bigger or something. <laughs> oh, there are because there are a lot of predilections amongst many of the races toward Jedi certain powers, or they're more prone to being more skilled in those particular areas. So I could see, you know, Wookiees having something like, yeah, yeah, we naturally just do this stupid good. That makes sense. They also live a long time. Yeah, they're. they're how old is Chewie? Uh, he's like Aragorn old. Okay. <laughs> he's been he's been around for a while. Yeah, he's he's like Aragorn or old where he, I don't think he's quite a hundred years old, but you know, he's 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 got a got a lot of spring in his step yet, and he's kind of pushing a hundo. <laughs> I didn't even yeah, that's something I'll have to look into the the average lifespan of a Wookiee. And it might just be brought down too because they're rather aggressive, warlike kind of things. They also get enslaved all the fucking time. I noticed that. Man, people like really like catching them. and They're just catching the Wookiees and making them do work and catching the Twi'leks and making them be sex slaves and catching the Togrudas and just beating the shit out of them. <laughs> Get some more Rancors out there. That's what we need more of, Rancor Riders. I want a Wookiee riding a Rancor. <laughs> I, want a, I want a Sith Wookiee riding a Rancor. That's a Sith Wookiee. There we go. 
This I, could you imagine though, like Darth? Like no way. I'm loving it. That's why it's. So <laughs> that's that's in the vein of Darth Jar Jar, <laughs> which would would have been the best because you, now you've brought up that that wonderful thing. That's still the my idealized yeah, Star Wars world. If Jar Jar had really been a Sith Lord, yes. Those all those little ideas behind it are so fitting and make me like things so much more. When I first saw Snoke, I'm like, please, Snoke, be Jar Jar. Please let it be, let, let it be Jar Jar. Come on, be the coolest story I can. Damn it. Nope. So far, the coolest Snoke theory I've heard that remains plausible. Because mm. Snoke is supposed to be a strand cast or something, like he's just made. Mm -hmm. um, but if he was strand cast based on the corpse of Darth Plagueis. That's a neat spin. I like that. Because Darth, Darth Plagueis is immune in Legends, but it's not established what race he is in canon. And Snoke is big like immune. True. And ugly like immune, but like he doesn't quite have the same face as immune. But maybe it's just as simple as there's the whatever process. That's of, why it's the strand casting, right? Yeah. Because like Sidious <laughs> was supposed to try and occupy this big ugly fucker and it just didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Snoke was really just falling apart the whole time. <laughs> and, and what I like about that is that if that's the case, we could bring back Andy Th Andy Circus for a third Star Wars character of Darth Plagueis. Oh my! Can you imagine Andy Circus doing Darth Plagueis? I'm, I'm in. I'm in for that. That'd be so good. I'm in for lots of Andy Circus doing things. Yeah, in life. <laughs> it just doesn't go wrong. I've never seen Andy Circus do anything and thought could have been better. He's Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and Marvel. He's he's yep. he's playing in all of the all the big boy games, <laughs> and he also like pops up in the Prestige to be Bowie's assistant for a minute. Yeah, that was fun. Which I feel like Bowie's assistant is almost more prestigious than any of the other stuff you just mentioned. <laughs> See, that's that's a is that a Christopher Nolan movie, The Prestige? I believe it is. Yeah, okay. part of that part of that good weird movie stuff that is just well directed. It was really cool how they executed that movie where they're reading back and forth in the journals and like deceiving each other straight through it. Yep. Well, the, the, the whole of that movie, there was another big one that came out at the time because there was the competing other magician movie, The Illusionist, I think it was. Yes, which was also good. But no, it was, The Prestige just was the knock it out. I mean, I think, didn't, yeah. didn't Tom York do the whole soundtrack to the movie? I don't remember. I don't think so. Maybe maybe you did it for the illusionist. I thought it was for the prestige though. I think Philip Glass did the illusionist. Okay, then I think York did do the prestige then. Interesting. I remember the illusionist being I wish like maybe it would have done better if it came out 6 months earlier or something. But they came out so close. Yep. It was solid. I mean it was like what Paul Giamatti and Edward Norton and some other motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. It was pretty cool. But it just wasn't quite the dude you're playing against. Nolan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, and and David fucking Bowie. We're 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 playing against Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, like, oh crap. Hugh Jackman playing a drunker Hugh Jackman. Okay, that's beautiful. That might have been it's hard to pick a favorite part of the prestige, but that is great. When people get to play versions of the character that they're playing again, which happens sometimes in some cool movies, it gets really fun because you can tell the actors are like, let me see how ridiculous I can make this. Hugh Jackman playing the great Danton and Hugh Jackman 
playing this fucking lush, playing the great Danton. Mm-hmm. Or Danton the Great, whatever it is. Yeah, so, something names. Right, it was a dumb name, and he just kept it because his dead wife liked it. Yeah. No, no was, one else did. <laughs> it's one of those things. It works out fine in the end, as we all know. Yeah. <laughs> Man, the ending is so satisfying, too. <laughs> Compared to the, like the ending of the illusionist, I remember it being like, no, there was like a fucking weird clockwork thing inside of the orange tree trick. And it it is all just bullshit versus I'm not even going to say the ending of prestige on this cast in case someone hasn't seen it. I won't do that to you. It's so good. It's worth like your time invested to watch that movie is worth your time invested. You will not be disappointed. Like imagine (laughs) a Stephen King book with a really good ending. Mm. It's it, that's like the kind of ending that I want on a Stephen King story. It's so specific. It suits the story perfectly. It's fantastic, and it's still beautifully dark. And it was completely avoidable. Shh. <laughs> the beauty of it all. So the tragedy of it all. <laughs> what a flick! It's been a while since I've seen The Prestige. Well, luckily, it's in the box. Oh, I had no doubt. Yeah. I had no doubt. <laughs> I think I actually have a physical of that too. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> now that's someone, let's see, Hugh Jackman. He has not yet appeared in, in Star Wars, has he? No, no, he hasn't. He seems like a, a person to have appear in something. He's got time on his hands and he wouldn't have to look like a ripped person to appear in Star Wars. One of the lucky things about Star Wars. Right, yeah. The, the beautiful <laughs> thing about the Star Wars universe is there's not that many ripped people in it. <laughs> so many wonderful alien races who their body proportions don't even have a, calculation for what we consider ripped it's great i think luke and anakin were the most two ripped people in star wars (laughs) can you think of anyone more ripped than luke or anakin uh that we that we that we've seen or was that we've seen in a movie yeah that we've seen in any um yeah there aren't a whole lot of there really aren't, isn't that much like shirtless stuff in Star Wars to really get a feel for it. I mean, maybe yeah, you get shirtless Adam Driver. He doesn't really look ripped. He just looks big. Yeah, he looks like hefty. And um, I'm saying like Anakin and Anakin and Luke had like six packs and shit. Yeah, the the fellow. Oh man, it's gonna drive me me nuts. But in Andor, he's one of the other guys working with them in the the secret. They're gonna assault the base for the money thing. And there's a scene with his shirt off and he's like lean and in shape, but like, it's not even ripped. It's not ripped. That's what you usually see is this lean kind of thing. Right. I, mean, I don't even think Harrison Ford ever got ripped for anything. No, no, no. And no, nor, nor did Daisy Ridley. Like Daisy Ridley can, is definitely like in shape in all those movies. She's but like, she's not jacked. No, she's got that, that, that cool kind of gymnasty thing where it's like, there's a bunch of muscle. And- yeah. <laughs> Don't need the six pack though. It's just not, yeah, not, not a lot of super muscled out characters in star Wars. No, at least not humans. There's some other weird, just races and things that look big. Ray Stevens will probably be the most jacked star Wars character yet. And even then he wasn't as jacked toward the end. Cause he was, he was in his fifties. Yeah. But they, they're going to have him in a, that black suit the whole time, which makes him look super jacked. Kind of like, when McKellen played Magneto, you know, they had him in a bodysuit the whole time. Mm-hmm. He looks jacked as shit. I, yeah, I don't think we're going to see him without that suit on, though. <laughs> this isn't like back in Rome 20-some years back ago. Back in Rome, he was jacked as oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a he's a large person and was in great shape because you couldn't have pulled off the character of Titus Polo without that. 
Yeah. That was some sick shit. <laughs> Rowan was some sick shit. I'm going to yeah. miss Ray Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. At first, when I saw they announced his character, I was like, man, I hope that character lives beyond season one. And I saw yeah, Ray like, Stevens died. I was like, I hope they killed the character. Fuck. Yeah, that was the quickest reversal of me wanting a character to survive to, no, man, please, please kill it off. Please kill that character off. Don't leave me hanging don't like that. I don't me. give a flying fuck about Gina Carano. We don't need to hear from her again. That's okay, but don't do that to me with Ray <laughs> her, her plot in the story wasn't necessary. I didn't, didn't really care. <laughs> yeah, so that was the thing. I remember it being like this... I, you know, I, I guess there was the whole culture war part of it that was at the center of why Gina Carano wasn't in Star Wars anymore. Yeah, yeah. But aside from that was like, God, who cares about this character though? I mean, she's cool. Her character's cool. She's, I liked her in Deadpool and some other shit I've seen her in, but yeah. <laughs> she's just the muscle that Mando brings along a couple of times. Yep. We, uh, that's it. That's that's all it is. It's it's not like I was really curious about what her life goes on to become. And I don't know of anything important that she was necessary for. She also wasn't a character that was on an arc. Like she knew who she was and she was cool with who she was. And she's like, "Oh yeah, I just found a job. I'm a I'm a I'm the sheriff now or I'm doing this now." <laughs> there there was no there was no personal quest of finding her. Like she was in her element the whole fucking time. That's why we need to make sure that what comes up soon is the Darth Bane movies. Because that's, like, that's finding yourself. Look at another another character that was in for like two episodes, Bill Burr's character. Now, I'd be interested in seeing more of his story. Had an arc. Yeah. That character started in one place and ended in a very different place. And I'm interested to see what happens with that character. Yeah. But Gina Carano is just a fucking ass kicker every minute <laughs> she's there. And she's like cool as shit. And she fucking knows she's cool as shit. Where do you go from there? I mean, to the bar, I guess. That's uh, yeah. You just you'd have you'd have that character pop up again later. We're like, oh, who are you? You're the sheriff somewhere, and then you get shot because we've did that already. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a yeah. It's part of the action star problem. Like this, this is a big problem with kind of the rock, where <laughs> the the ego of the person playing the action star is so big that they have to have the character be super cool all the time, which makes it impossible to give them an arc. Which is I. I don't know when that became Hollywood's default for a lot of things. He used to have a lot of 80s movies and some 70s stuff where you'd have bigger names in these roles that are, they're there for the joke. Right. They're, they're, they're in the movie because it's funny. Even Arnold Schwarzenegger made Last Action Hero. Oh, yeah. That was, that was a ridiculous movie which no one ever needs to see. But if you like Arnold Schwarzenegger, yet you, you have to see that movie. <laughs> well, even if it's not that, it's Jingle All the Way, it's Kindergarten Cop. He clearly has a sense of humor. He always has, but he was, he was talking when he was doing his super muscle, uh, you know, still working out, doing all that, just starting his career. There's still great videos of him talking about how happy he is when he's getting blazed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you look at the rock and like all his characters are just written to be super alpha males. Yeah. I think the, uh, the only one that I can't think of him being a super alpha male is, uh, the weird one that's like Donnie Darko. I forget the name of it every time. The thing that happened like before his career was big. Yeah, the direct the director who did Donnie Darko did that follow-up movie and The Rock is in there as a, I don't know, I, I'm just going to say character from a Woody Allen movie. <laughs> Look, Neurotic. If, if you see that movie and you remember what it's even about, I think you were too sober to see it. Oh, I, I heard there's books about it and I need to read those. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> 
super useful podcast. We don't even know the name of the movie. Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get this. It's, uh, I think it's Southland Tales. It is Southland Tales. I think Southland it's Tales. Southland Tales. That, that's 100% what it is. Okay. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to let you go, this go unless you figure it out for yourself. But yeah, that's, it's a fun, fun romp of a movie. But in the, it's one of the few times The Rock is not badass. And it's one of those times when you like him a bit more. Southland Tales, I'm going to put in the category with Spring Breakers of like, are you still hanging out with a handful of people at 2.30 in the morning? Everyone's trashed and energetic, and yet we're out of brain power. Great movies. These are the movies for you. Southland Tales, that, yeah. Spring yeah. Breakers, in, that's, that's what you do. It's some of those, it's a, a Cocaine Bear would be another one of those. It's just these movies that are not great, but they're ridiculous in ways that make you really smiley if you're in a certain state of mind. <laughs> yeah. Basically, like, if you're thinking, should I watch Army of Darkness again? Give one of these a crack. Yep. That would, that would be, a, that's a good, uh, good callback. The there. Army of Darkness moment. <laughs> Do you really want to remember the whole movie? Do you even want to be cogent for it? You know, like, no, no, of course not. You just want some, you want some one-liners and some fun cameo appearances right popping now. popping through, and then the next day, you're like, what the fuck was that movie even about, man? <laughs> and then you remember, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't about. <laughs> uh, we'll try again in a year and a half. Even more confusing. And that's, that's how you build a good tale. <laughs> when are we going to get the psychedelic Star Wars movie? The really over-the-top psychedelic one. I think it's a matter of time. I mean, we got this world between worlds thing. It's kind of interesting because Disney owns Star Wars. Disney owns Marvel. And Marvel right now is sort of the first run, kind of the trial run, I feel, for like a lot of ideas that eventually we're going to wind up with in Star Wars, like multiverses and shit oh, yeah. like that. We're going to go there. But we, we get to make a lot of the mistakes in Marvel and make a big mess out of Marvel because you can just reset Marvel. It doesn't matter. And the Marvel Universe already contained all of Star Wars, Transformers, all that stuff was all actually just part of the universe. Yes, it, it is canonically now, too, yeah. because of the Mustafar thing. There we in, go. Um, <laughs> the Watcher episode of What If. Lovely. Where the Watcher is fighting Rainbow Ultron, and they're going universe, universe, universe. At one point, they're on Mustafar, and you can see Vader's castle in the background. <laughs> Everyone can ask all the questions that they always wanted to. This this was apparently done by animators who asked permission, were denied, and did it anyway. That makes that even better. <laughs> so it's not like official, official, but it is right fucking there. It's it's as about as official as the naming of what is it, Obi Wan's home planet or something. That that was that was the weird right. one. <laughs> What's this? Uh, John's. Stewart. John Stewart. <laughs> Planet John Stewart. Still can't believe that that's like, that's canon now. Suck it. Yeah. That's how George Lucas rolls. <laughs> He's a fucking round and find out kind of guy, I guess. Ooh, let's give George Lucas a Marvel movie. No. <laughs> he already had one. He had uh, Howard the Duck. But I mean, I'll give another one. Try it again, I guess. <laughs> I, I'll give him Howard the Duck again. What, what movie, what movie should George, George Lucas, he's such a bad movie maker. I, I like, I like the idea man, George Lucas. I like George Lucas who has conversations with John Favreau and Dave Filoni and then John and Dave going, or Bryce Dallas Howard or who the fuck ever that's they capable of doing this shit. Yeah. I'm down with that. But that's, you know, he only directed 
out of the originally trilogy or the original trilogy, the first one, and then after that, he's kind of like, oh, I need to manage everything and back up and hired people. I really wish he'd done that with the prequels, but I love you. Say love you. You know, the prequels are unique and fun, and I watch them, but and boy, he made a mess. And they've gotten better with age. Let's they make have. sure that this is an important thing. As we they got have more gotten stuff, better with age, but that's the result. They became of, better. That's the direct result of he had a pretty clear vision of what he was doing and, and did a horrible job of conveying that vision until he started having conversations with Dave Filoni later. And like, what if we, what if we branched out and made this work? Oh, okay. <laughs> What's what, what about, Oh no, yeah, that's fine. Pod racing is still stupid. And uh, <laughs> it could have been good. It, it, it might've could have been if it was less targeted at six year olds. So when they did basically pod racing in the Bad Batch, that felt pretty cool. That was not bad. That had sort of a video game style to it that I enjoyed. And pod racing in episode one was designed to later be a video game. I don't know. I mean, the video game's in the movie. And right. it's in the second one. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I like, I like his ideas. I like where things have gone. I'm, I'm interested to see where it'll continue to go, especially since all the IP is owned by a conglomerate who gets to fuck up and make the mistakes with Marvel first. Yeah. And roll out Star Wars gradually later. And like Marvel can work or it cannot work. You know, Marvel gets restarted. It kind of doesn't matter who like Captain America is or this Captain America story. The point is we just want more of it. Yep. You know, but like with Star Wars is like Anakin Skywalker's story. That's what it is. We can find more pieces and keep adding in because he lived to be 40 some years. So we can fill in a lot of details. But some, some people don't want more. But I'm saying like it wouldn't, it wouldn't work 20 years from now to be like, let's just make it all again. No, I'd be too soon. I, I just don't think you could. Is the IP seems to work in a way where it just grows outward. You, you know, like you don't do it again. You just do more shit. I think that's the better way to approach lost of, a lot of it instead of the restarts. Because yeah. the restarts we found, what do you do when the restart and the next bit of graphics come out? Restart it again. Like, no, no, no precedent. No precedent for this. Yeah. Stick to it. Yeah, the, the restart thing in the comic world, that's just been the way it is for a while. And I think everyone's used to that for the most part. And some people who aren't used to that, I think, are getting really uncomfortable with how crazy Marvel's getting. That's what I want to bring up is so many... Uh, there was recently a Chris Helmsworth thing where he was like, yes, yes, Love and Thunder was a bit too ridiculous. And it's like, no, why are you, why are you backing down to these people's bullshit? Like, that movie wasn't too ridiculous. It was the right amount of ridiculous to make the story, really. He's it. too pretty to have perfect taste. <laughs> he, he was responding to, you know, the... Uh, he, finishing out, well, now it looks like I'll never work with uh, two people I used to respect, Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino. I saw that too. <laughs> that was, oh, come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> Damn, they were just about to pick up the phone too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing I saw when I saw that headline, like, you just imagine Quentin, he's picking up his cell phone and he's just ready to go. And then he happens to check the news. Ah, oh, damn it. Never mind. I mean, not going to be able to make movie number 10 with Chris Hemsworth. I don't think at any point anybody's comments about anything would ever influence Tarantino to use or not use them. He'd just be like, why would I care what they said? If I asked them to be in the movie, they're in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> just, I can't really imagine anybody saying no to Quentin Tarantino unless they really don't want him looking at their feet or something like that. <laughs> Still remember when there was the so Tarantino's being looked at to write, to, to pen a Star Wars film. Uh, that Trek. was, that was, that was, oh, it was Trek. 
Okay. So he, no, what he did is he had an idea for a Trek movie and he pitched it to the studio and I think the studio kicked it over to a writer's room and I don't know if the writer's room ever actually wrote the script or not uh, because he started waffling with like, I don't know, would it count as one of my 10 movies if I did this? What if I didn't write it and I just directed it and they made it based off? I think he just waffled about it so much that the studio was like, so are you like a part of this or what? Or fucking who cares? That makes Never sense. Mind. That's yeah, it's Tarantino world. <laughs> it sounded like he had a really cool idea and then just sort of lost interest in the middle. That would make sense. I mean, I get it. You know, like I, I, I talk about doing all these covers all the time and the number, like the percentage of covers I've ever done in bands versus the number we've talked, it's got to be like under 1%. I feel like maybe he was just, he thought he had a really idea then maybe he had a better one. Yeah, that's probably, the entire plot of that was probably, he's like, I don't know, I can use this in something else. This doesn't have to be Trek. He, he, he said that he was really interested in like the gory horror of, you know, combat and violence in outer space. If he just goes that way, that'd be sick. What's this movie? Uh, it's going to be like Klingons and, and like Romulans and a lot of people dying. What about the Federation? No, nah, they're kind of a backstory. That's where I think it would be. That would have been cool. But That's, although he, he did want to have like the Enterprise crew as the center sure. of the story. But I see them as like, if he's going that gory and violent things, the only person you can get that gory and violent of your Enterprise crew, you got Worf. No, he, he wanted, like, the Chris Pine Enterprise crew. Oh, that He wanted that it to be a sequel to that horrible movie that we walked out of. Oh. Yeah. I did not realize it was that. He wanted to make it within that franchise. Oh. Well, that might have been redeeming. Right. He wanted, like, a hard R. And, and yeah, because those, those actors for those characters are all pretty good. But, you know, I mean, if you like those movies, you like those movies. I Yeah. I feel kind of indifferent to them. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm more happy that didn't occur now. Yeah. Yeah. That feels like, I just want, I want Tarantino to make number 10. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. It's time. Eh, probably. Come on, Tarantino. The show last, us, show us our, our thing. Number nine was pre pre pandemic. It's just give us, give us something, man. <laughs> Let us bring the world back, you know? years from now if that's what it takes there's there's gonna be there's my bet right now if that's what it takes those here's the, here's those the movies race. like the give a shit level in the movies that he makes are so like once upon a time in hollywood and hateful eight especially this ramping up of the attention to detail and he's getting to do all the crazy stuff he wanted to do when he was you know a pre-filmmaker going i want all of these little details yeah because i know the names of the hairdresser from every movie from 1986 because he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope it's not like George R. R. Martin where it just stays in the chamber forever. No, that's what I'm wondering. What's the race to? This is the, this is the big race to end your thinking on it. What will come out first? Number 10. The next book by Martin. In the, Tarantino <laughs> number Tarantino's 10. Movie. <laughs> See, the thing, like Tarantino has so much more confidence than George R. R. Martin does. And rightfully so. He's a much better artist. Martin's also got 62 billion projects he wants to hit all of and probably is doing the same. I screw up the other things. I don't get to do my other projects. He wrote himself. He's, he's got 
he's got to deal with the consequences of his own writing. He wrote himself into a, a real, yeah. a real pickle, a real Sophie's pickle. And we kind of saw the problem of that play out on the HBO show of, okay, some of these characters have plot armor and some of them don't. It's like they're from different universes. <laughs> how, how the fuck do you do that? Yeah. Oh, well. I have we got, a feeling we'll never know. We get another like three House of Dragon shows or something. I think that's already signed up for like three seasons anyway. So. Yeah, those are cool. Those are cool. You know. And maybe we'll get old, what's his name? The, the doctor, Matt Smith. Oh, Maybe he'll do cool things. But he was he was he was uh, cast in Rise of Skywalker as a young clone of Darth Sidious. Oh, so they, like they shot scenes. I remember seeing posters, early posters that listed all the actors and had Matt Smith on it. Yummy. Apparently, there's like a 45 minutes of shit that was shot that involved a a young Sidious clone version, and Matt Smith played Darth Sidious. Can we just bring in? Like Matt Smith to play Sidious and do the tale of Plagueis. Like, right, that's that's that? kind of what like, that's kind of what I got my fingers crossed that, for. That is that, that like the cool. acolyte gets to build into, you know, maybe we don't start with that, but then we get to Plagueis, and then this. Please give us Matt Smith, Matt Smith, Darth Sidious. That sounds cool. I would enjoy that, <laughs> especially the setup of him being in a Game of Thrones thing that is like this violence and politics kind he's, of thing. He's doing it fine. Yes, he is. He's, he's showing his turn. Plus, speaking of the ripped thing. I did not need to have him that ripped for it, but I appreciate seeing it because it's, I'd never thought of Doctor Who that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, okay, right. <laughs> he would work, he would so well as Darth Sidious, especially politician Sidious, because you, you see his like total bloodthirsty focused nature that they do in like the Game of Thrones thing. Mm -hmm. And then he's completely magnanimous as the Doctor. And Sidious needs to convincingly wear two of those two faces. Oh, I think that the, the, since you said it, like my brain's just going, yeah, this is a great choice for Sidious. Yeah, this is this is solid. This is early early Palpatine uh, Palpatine uh, ages and days and like, man, Matt Smith doing some evil shit always is just cool. Yeah, <laughs> I've got high hopes. I've got high hopes for the future, and I I bet a lot of it's going to happen. I bet a lot of it's going to happen. Probably. All right. To wishing in the future. To wishing in the future. See you next week, fuckers. <laughs>